Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast where we discuss everything in college football, NFL, Chicago Bears, Illini sports, a little bit of NBA here and there. Uh, pretty much everything in sports, talk to football coaches uh, all over the United States. 
so if any of that interests you, please hit the like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. The podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts, literally anywhere in audio form. So please follow them, rate them, uh, be a friend, tell a friend, uh, all that good stuff, please. And thank you. It helps out the algorithm that I don't understand, but it helps everything. So please, and thank you so much. Um, this podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, check out all the blogs and podcasts and things on there. Thank you, Belly Up Sports, for having this podcast there. Again, bellyupsports.com. Check out everything there. Betting season is in full swing. And if you head over to mybookie.ag to make your same game parlays, in-game bets, money lines, and you, it's your, your brand new, you make your very first deposit. If you use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word, it's going to double your first deposit. That is free money. And everybody loves free money. We, we know this during the past two years. Everybody loves free money. So again, mybookie.ag, if you're brand new, your very first deposit. Belly Up Fantasy, all one word, is going to double your first deposit. Uh, let them know that the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network sent you. So mybookie.ag, Belly Up Fantasy, is the code to double your first deposit. Go make some bets uh, to retire. We all want to retire. Go make some money. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football, and it's back to the basics, books, and drills. If you go to coachstonefootball.com, check out all of his books on football drills, practice planning, game planning, and much, much more. Literally, you will never have to look up another football drill again. His very first book is over 500 pages, and there's a bunch of others. Uh, you know, back to the basics, uh, just drills, uh, offense, defense, game planning, everything like that. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and get all of that, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast today. We're going to talk about two different things. Uh, we are going to discuss a couple of bowl games that happened. Um, I'm going to title this should. Auburn have kept Gus. We're going to talk about Auburn versus Houston. And then we're going to discuss, unfortunately, the Mississippi State game versus Texas Tech. It did not go the way I thought it was going to go. If it went a certain way, this podcast would be titled differently. But, you know, it is what it is. So we're going to get into, we're going to discuss the Mississippi State versus Texas Tech first. And then we'll get into, you know, should Auburn have kept Yes. Um, okay, so it got announced when the bowl games were coming out that Mississippi State was going to be playing Texas Tech. Now, this is a big deal, and to some people it might not be a big deal if you're not a huge college football person, not a huge fan, and maybe you don't pay attention to things. But the head coach of Mississippi State, of course, is Mike Leach. He was the head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders way back in the day. Um. Excuse me, I was typing something up. So he was there from 2000, I guess 2000 or 2001 to 2009 or 10. He led him to 10 bowl games. Uh, I believe he's one of the winningest, if not the most winningest football coach there of all time. Um, it was going to be the first time uh, Mike Leach faces the Red Raiders after Texas Tech officials fired him in December 2009 for alleged mistreatment of a player suffering concussion. Um, they have not paid him for his last year, so that's where the big talk was. Um, Texas Tech officials claim they fired Leach with cause and owed him nothing. And so that's why it was a huge game. Anybody that are Mike Leach fans, Air Raid fans, anything like that, this was going to be a huge time game. He's never coached against Texas Tech since this happened, and we all know that the quote-unquote misconduct of a player uh, was not true. 
uh, it's in his book. It's not true. And it was like court or anything like that. It's not true. There's videos proving that he did not do it. So they just did it because they were kind of tired of him. Um, I believe Mike Leach said that someone told him that you, when you become a head coach, you know, there's an hourglass and you become less popular every year, no matter what you win. Um, when they had asked, um, Texas tech about it, uh, you know, they claim that they fired him with cause and they owe him nothing. Leach and his lawyer still contend that Texas Tech owes him millions of dollars for what he was due under his terms. He said they still, he goes, they still owe me for 2009, the last time they won nine games. So maybe they'll deliver the check, Leach said earlier this month. So we'll see what happens. So he kind of called them out a little bit. I know he has nothing personal against the current coaches there or anything like that. He does hold some grudges who used to work there if they even work there anymore. But I thought that was funny, you know. Uh, you know, the last time they won nine games, which is true. They have beaten teams they shouldn't have, but they have not done well since he has left. And they haven't even gotten two nine. I think this is the first year they'll get to seven wins at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, as we continue, the reason why this was also brought up, um, he was offer, He has offered to settle with Texas Tech for $2.4 million, which would include an $800,000 longevity bonus he was set to receive the day after he was fired, plus about $1.6 million in other incentives that he said he was owed. Leach, who is he's the winningest coach in Texas Tech history with 84 victories from 2000 to 2009 when he was fired. It's indisputable. They owe me the money. No one can dispute that, Leach told ESPN on Monday. When it comes to the money, they don't just owe me the $2.4 million. They actually owe me for four more years. But I've always said that I'd settle for the $2.4 million and acknowledgement that I didn't do anything wrong, which he did. It was never proven. In 2011, Texas Appeals Court ruled Leach couldn't sue for monetary damages because Texas Tech is a state entity with sovereign immunity. The next year, the Texas Supreme Court rejected Leach's appeal without a comment. Leach filed a separate lawsuit against ESPN, then ESPN broadcaster Craig James with a public relations firm that James had hired alleging libel and slander. Leach was accused of twice ordering James' son, Adam, to stand for hours confined in a dark place after he got a concussion in 2013. A Texas judge granted summary judgment in favor of ESPN James and the public relations firm. The Texas Supreme Court also denied Leach's appeal in that case. As far as Texas Texas officials are concerned, the matter with Leach ended with the court rulings. The court ruled on the Mike Leach matter in 2014. Texas Tech spokesperson said in a statement, we have resolved the issue and have moved forward. We are excited about the upcoming bowl game and the future of Texas Tech football hasn't been good since he left. Still, Leach hasn't let the dispute go. Just last week, his lawyers filed a new lawsuit against Texas Tech in a state district court in Lubbock. The lawsuit filed on behalf of consulting firm that investigating Tech on Leach's behalf accused the university of failing to fulfill its obligations under Texas open record laws. I think at this point, he wants the record to show why he was actually terminated. The circumstances regarding everything were suspicious to begin with and more. We dig the more suspicious everything seems. I think all he really wants is the truth to come out about what happened 12 years ago and why he was terminated. So we can keep going on on this. It's not going to be an episode on um, why he was fired. We all, I think everybody knows he was fired because Craig James at the time was running for congressman. He was an ESPN guy and his son was a, you know, a brat and his son didn't play a lot and... Didn't get the time he thought he wanted, and Leach should come out, and other coaches have come out and said, you know, he thought, you know, he'd come to practice. 
some coaches want your his players to dress the same, and he it was reported that he didn't, and so just a lot of different things. We all know it was fake, so or brought against him, and then Craig they didn't want to make Craig James angry because he's going to be a congressman or whatever he was running for. But anyway, that's this is just tip of the iceberg of why this was a big deal. You know, they're suing each other. He's been doing it for years. And again, it's not just about the money. So this was a big deal. And I stayed away from talking about anything about it just because you never know. Texas Tech is a team since Mike Legion left has not won seven or eight games or nine games. You know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury has been there. Patrick Mahomes was a quarterback there. Even then, they still couldn't win the same way that Mike Leach could. So I call it the curse of Mike Leach. Now, there are times they compete in games. There's times they do pretty well. And Texas Tech has had their own problems. They fired a coach, and then they hire a new one in November. They have their interim, who was going to be hired as the OC, but then he took a job, I believe, at Louisiana Tech. So a bit up and down, but they have been playing better this year. Uh, Mississippi State coming in, you know, year two of Mike Leach, or I guess year and a half because COVID year, you know, they talked about how they couldn't really install things. Um, then they had an article right before the game. Um, I believe it was right before the game. Uh, or last night. Uh, now Mississippi State came in. They lost big. They lost big. They lost 34-7. to Now, I'm not saying Texas Tech didn't have players out, but play, teams left and right have been canceling due to COVID. Uh, players testing positive or just some teams don't want to play, I guess. And I'm not going to speculate, you know, it's been put out there that teams are using this as an excuse. Um, I believe there was a team, it was maybe UCLA or somebody had like three or four defensive linemen now and they could play others, but they decided not to. Um, and they thought that was a shame for some teams that wanted to, players that want to play. But this article, it's titled, I lost track. Mississippi State football was shorthanded and Liberty Bowl down 16 players. So down 16 players. Um, the absences that uh, Mississippi State football started slowly, but the buildup as the Liberty Bowl reached its apex there were heavily felt. By the time the bowl game arrived Tuesday, Coach Mike Leach said he lost track of all the guys that weren't there. The Bulldogs were down 16 players who might have otherwise played roles in the 34-7 loss to Texas Tech due to positive tests. Virus protocols, opt-outs, or injuries. Six of the players' absence were starters including left tackle uh, Charles Cross and cornerback Martin Emerson, who declared for the NFL draft. Leach told the Claren Ledger after the post-game press conference that the coronavirus-related absences began accumulating late last week, and during the stay in Memphis, they kind of trickled on the next couple days. A team spokesperson said the program doesn't di- differentiate between how many players were out through illness or injury. But Leach never considered pulling out of the Liberty Bowl as other teams have done in similar situations. Yeah, I don't like that very much, Leach said. I think you try to play if you can, no matter what, because it's an opportunity to improve, and there's a lot of guys that get to go out there and have some game experience, and certainly the bowl experience, which I think is something special. So I didn't want to pull out if there was any way that we could play. We started losing a couple guys, but I didn't want to pull out of it. Across the country, coronavirus absences have canceled five bowl games, the Hawaii Bowl, Military, Fenway, Arizona, and Holiday Bowl. Leach was determined the Liberty Bowl wouldn't be added to the list. The Bulldogs' absences were most felt on defense, a unit that allowed Texas Tech to gain 512 yards. But Leach pointed out how Mississippi State played with two starting offensive linemen 
a complicating factor for an offense that managed its fewest points of the season. Will Rogers threw for a season-low 290 yards and was sacked four times, including on consecutive plays late in the fourth quarter, part of the Bulldogs' final push that fell short of making Tuesday's contest close. The four other starters missing were right tackle Scott Lashley, safety Jalen Green, and defensive lineman Randy Charlton, and Jaden Crumity. I'm sorry if I said their names wrong. The defensive depth was shattered, too. With safeties, Dylan Lawrence, Sean Preston, and Kyle Cass absent. Defensive line, Aaron Odom and Jack Harris were also missing. Linebacker, Aaron Brewell, had transferred to Michigan State. And wide receiver, Malik Heath, had suffered an injury in a car accident. Lashley had started each game this season, and his absence reshuffled the line. Cross had already opted out of the bowl game to prepare for the draft. Then right guard, Johnson, I'm not going to try the first name, suffered a leg injury during the game and didn't return. The slew of absences left Mississippi State shorthanded Liberty Bowl and the end overpowered. Uh, you'll have to let me know what the number was, Leach said, because somewhere in the middle of last week, I lost track. So not to make excuses for this loss, um, but you have to give Mississippi State and Mike Leach credit that they had these guys out and they said, screw it, we're going to play. I think Mike Leach is probably the only coach left in America. I mean, I don't know. He always talks about the bowl game. He always talks about how big the bowl game is. You got coaches out there that – well, let me phrase this. You have people out there that don't think the bowl games are important. He has always thought they were important. He always reverts back to his time at Texas Tech where every single year as he was a head coach, they made the bowl game. And he, he's highly of that. He talks about how it's great for players to get that bowl experience. That is their quote-unquote playoff. That is their quote-unquote, you know, to show how to get better. You go into the offseason to get better. Maybe it gives you extra film for the draft. If you're younger, it gives you an extra game time experience to figure out a new offense, which they need in the air raid. So yeah, but they had a ton of guys out, and I'm not—I didn't look to see about Texas Tech. I'm sure they did too as well. But to have starters out, and it depends. Like, okay, you get a running back out, you have other running backs to put in. You have one wide receiver out now that's going to um, matter and impact, but you have other guys. Certain positions, each one is important, but it's very important. When you lose a couple safeties, that's big. And you saw in passes, because we're going to talk a little bit about the game, Mississippi State just could not stop the run whatsoever. Um, When you look at the stats, uh, we'll look at team stats here. Um, Total yards, I mean, Texas Tech had 512. 260 were rushing. And when you run the ball well, it's just going to open up the pass, unless you're Mike Leach and Airway, where it doesn't matter. Then they got 252 through the air, and they had no interceptions. Uh, and I don't believe they fumbled. They had no turnovers. Mississippi State fumbled it twice, uh, or fumbled it twice through an interception. So when you give them the ball, this is what's going to happen. But watching the game, literally Texas Tech imposed their will on them in the run game. That offensive line fired off the ball. One, I think tempo. I think tempo really hurt them. When you have time off like that, it's hard to prepare for an up-tempo team. When you're playing game after game each week, you're kind of in shape. When you take some time off, it's hard to really bounce back, especially when you have, you know, we just talked about all the injuries they had on defense. When you're out your safeties to come down in the run game and tackle. When you're down some of your starting defensive line, which tries to control the line of scrimmage, and you got other defensive guys out. Just watching the game, Texas Tech literally imposed their will. That offensive line fired off the ball, would push guys two or three yards, and then their running back would break tackles and just run. They, they Mississippi State could not stop a nosebleed. And missing defensive guys, 
that hurts you. And then I don't care what anybody says. As a coach, you try your best to get your second string in so that way they can be a part of the or be a part of the game plan. Know the game plan so you don't change anything. I don't care what anybody says. More often than not, when you're getting tons of second stringers in, and not just one, but ton of second stringers in, your game plan tweaks. You still have your overall game plan, but you know there's certain calls you cannot make. Certain calls are made for specific players. So on defense, if you're missing guys, that's what's going to happen. You cannot call a same defense that you probably would. Man, I'd like to call this coverage and do this and shift this, rotate this guy down here at the last second do this. We know that we can make this specific call. Well, if, especially when if this could have happened the day before the game, two days before the game, it's hard to do it. Now, if it was two weeks ago and you knew these guys wouldn't be there, yes, you make the adjustments. But when it's just days ahead, it's very hard to do that. So on defense, Mississippi State just could not stop the run whatsoever. And Texas Tech imposed their will. They did, you know, the up-tempo bothered Texas or Mississippi State. And then that opened up the pass. And you saw there was times they made a couple good deep throws. And we don't have your safeties out there and some of your leaders out there. Deep passes were being made. They couldn't stop the run. So watching the game, it was going to be a long day just watching how they couldn't stop them. And then offensively, when you only have, I believe it was two offensive tackles that started coming back in, one, pass protection is hard. Now, I know what people think, and I've already seen it. Well, all they do is pass protect. They don't run, so why are they confused? No, I mean, they tried to run the ball a little bit, believe it or not. But they're not built to run. They're built to pass. Um they only had 54 yards of rushing. They had four penalties. Only averaged 2.7 yards. Passing wise, it was uh, Will Rogers was 32 of 53, 290 yards, touchdown interception. But here's the thing with offensive line that's really that really hurts when one guy out hurts. But you can figure out when you have to put three new guys in, it really hurts. There is a communication with offensive linemen and offensive line coaches in pass protection. You have to be able to communicate to see where the stunts are, to see where the pressure's coming from. There was times they would stunt. They'd send a guy out, and the tackle picked him up, but the guy coming inside on the guard would literally bull rush him into Will Rogers and tackle and all this stuff, you know, tons of it. So Will Rogers getting pressure. He had to move around the pocket, which disrupted him a lot. Uh, you know, they had to call certain protections. And then, I mean, give Texas Tech credit. I mean, they knew they were, if they got pressure, if you can get pressure on an air raid team, and you can take away the swing route. The linebackers did a really good job um, on a lot of uh, past concepts, at least that I know of, from an air raid. Not quite Mike Leach's system because he does other things. Running back always swings out. Linebackers flew out there great. Uh, they didn't slow down. They were able to protect that. So if you can get pressure, you're able to take away that last route where it's kind of like the oh shit one where you're going to throw it. And then the wide receivers weren't running hard. They had a lot of – there was times in that first half that they – Will Rogers threw a good ball, and the receivers just dropped it. Um, it's a young team. I believe they said not – I think most of their touchdowns that will be coming back next year were all sophomores or something. Like, it's crazy. They're young. Uh, and so when you have all that going on – guys being out, trying to get extra reps on defense, and then it's a morale thing of they're just running the ball down our throat. And then on offense, when you're getting pressure because you have a new offensive line staggering there, like when you have different, you know, I think most of us, I've been a part of it where 
I think this year out of nine games, I had maybe three or four times I had the same starting lineup for offensive linemen. Like, you've got to work, you talk to each other on on the line, figure out how to block, figure out how to communicate, have your own language about stunts and pickups, what exactly they're in. So it's just hard to bounce back from that. Um, but you got to give Texas Tech credit. They showed up to play. But I think this this game, and that's why I stayed away from it, it became, it became Mike Leach versus Texas Tech, which, yeah, that's why it was exciting. That's why I wanted to watch. I'm sure that's why everybody else wanted to watch. But it became that big thing. And I think you have to give Mike Leach and Mississippi State credit for playing anyway because they could have easily canceled. Now, he's not going to make mistakes. He's going to say, hey, guys, have to go out there and play. Next guy up. So he's not going to make excuses of how they lost. Texas Tech just came out ready to play, saying we want to be an SEC team. Um, their coach, their 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 interim coach, um, was leaving. I think they wanted to. See, he was doing two things. You know, he's trying to be a head coach at a new school, trying to recruit, but he was doing things there, and I think they really respect him for it. Like he's not leaving; he's staying here to help out. And he was going to be hired there as an offensive coordinator. But when a head job comes along, and you want to try to take that step, uh, he wanted to take it. But to fight for the players was fantastic. Um, so it was just a tough game overall for Mississippi State. She couldn't stop the run, passing game. He, you know, he, he, they they really played good coverage. You know, that's how you beat them. If you've got some guys, how you beat them? Mike Leach can call up a play to combat any coverage you have, but the quarterback doesn't have time to throw it. If that the guys in coverage are doing a good job and they just have better safeties or more better safeties and corners and stuff more than the wide receivers, you're going to beat them. You're going to combat with them. So, you know, hats off to Texas Tech. I was really wanting Mike Leach to beat them, to say like an F you to Texas Tech, but it's been so many years since this has happened. Um, I hope he wins in the courts. But it, I was kind of – I already had this planned as a podcast of if they win, the Pirates steals gold and stuff like that. But it wasn't meant to be – if Mississippi State was at full strength, I think they could have squeaked this out. It at least would have been a closer game. But uh, it's season's over. Mississippi State's got to move on, lick their wounds. Um, you know, poor Mike Leach. But, yeah, so good for you, Texas Tech, uh, getting the win. Uh, I do not root for them really anymore. I like their offense. I like what they were doing, uh, the way they were running the ball and everything. But ever since they did that to him, but – now let's move on to end this podcast up. I am on publication somewhere, whether it's this podcast, um, Coach Sheffer's podcast, go check him out, the Armchair Coaching Podcast or something. Was not a fan of the firing of Coach Gus Malzahn from Auburn. I understood it because... We talked about the Bears and Nagy. About you have to have contain or consistent success, and each team wants to win a championship. You know that's 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 the goal, and you have to always ha- have success, whether it's wins and losses, whether it's production on the field, college. If you're constantly getting good recruits, if you're constantly having a good defense, everything like that. Well, last year. I believe Auburn is paying Gus $21 million. Yes, you know, one of these articles. Why is Auburn paying Gus Malzahn $21.7 million to walk away? They said offensive woes top the list. So I was not the biggest fan of the firing. I understood it. Well, in this bowl game, Auburn made a bowl game. 
they had to play Houston. And they, they uh, yeah, they did not pull it out. Um, Houston got the late touchdown because Auburn was up 13-10. Houston marches down, who I said is not a bad team. They did go 12-2. and They beat an SEC team. Late touchdown to win 17-13. Um, Auburn did not have Bo Nix for the last few games. He has transferred to Oregon. Auburn ends up being 6-7 and seven under Coach Harrison's first year as a head coach. And already... I want to start by saying this. Just because I'm titling this, should they have fired Coach Gus Malzahn, some people have already said Coach Harrison's going to leave or he needs to be fired. No, you don't do that year one unless you're Urban Meyer. Unless you have an Urban Meyer type season, that does not happen. So let's just stop that right now. This is not me saying he needs to go at all. But what I'm saying is, should they have let Gus go? Gus is a great offensive mind, had great teams, good offenses. Should they have gotten rid of him? Now, Auburn, you know, if we want to look at their um, schedule, and let's talk about it, okay? Well, regular season, they play some team I don't even know, AKR, and they won 60-10. to 10. Alcorn State, 62-0. to nothing. So they got this offense thing going, but the teams they're playing are inferior. Then they play a real team in Penn State and lose 28-20. to 20. Then they played Georgia State, who's a good team. They beat them 34-24. Beat LSU has played well, and I think Ed should still have his job. But they went 24-19, so close games. Then they lose to Georgia 34-10. Then they beat Arkansas, which was a huge time win, 38-23. Nobody saw that coming. Then they beat Ole Miss 31-20. Bo Nix was playing well. Uh, Offensive line was playing well. They are running the ball well. Then they go on this long stretch. Lose to Texas A&M 20-3. to Lose to Mississippi State 43-34 to when they let Mississippi State score like 40 straight points. Then you lose to South Carolina 21-17. to Then you play Alabama close 24-22. Tough schedule. Then you lose to Houston without Bonex. So, you play a lot of teams close. But to me, this seems like another Gus season. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. Now, I know after a few years, you're kind of in the same spot. Okay. But some Auburn people are smarter than others. There are some podcasts out there, some really smart Auburn commentators and fans. And they talk about Auburn has this high standard. They've got to win 10 to 12 games a year. I'm not saying that. But I do get it that after like seven years... Or so you're only winning eight to nine games every year, and it's you got to take the next step forward. What you're seeing on the field, I get it. That's why I understood it. But at the same time, like who were you going to get there? Coach Harrison did a good job at Boise State, but really this type of season that we're seeing with the offensive numbers and everything seems just like another Gus team. Now we'll get to some things that Gus did wrong. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
outside looking in. Like I said, I have no factual evidence on this. But Auburn goes 6-7 and seven and loses to Houston in a bowl game. Okay. So let's look at Gus got hired at UCF. Okay. Let's look at their record. They end up going 9-4. and four. Okay. Beat Coach Harrison's old team, Boise State. Then they beat BCU. Okay. Then they lose to Louisville. Louisville is a bigger program. Lose to them 42-35. Then they lose to Navy, 34-30. They beat um, East Carolina. Then they lose to Cincinnati, who's in the college football playoff. Then they beat Memphis, Temple, close game against Tulane. They lose to SMU, who can – we all know they can click that offense on no matter what. They beat U- UConn, obviously. Then they beat USF. Then they beat, in the bowl game, Florida. Now Florida had people out and whatever. UCF had players hurt all year. All year. And then people want to say, well, this is one of their down years, being 9-4. They only won six games last year. So he actually got them forward. They're joining the Big 12. They are a tough football team. And Gus seems rejuvenated. He's back to calling the offense. He's back to doing that. So UCF had a better season. Now, obviously, Auburn had a tougher schedule. But you bring in Coach Harrison to try to heal what was going on with Auburn. Well, Gus isn't quite getting it done. Well, let's look at Gus's time at Auburn. Started 2013. He goes 12 and 2 and loses in the championship game. And then he goes 8 and 5, 7 and 6, 8 and 5, 10 and 4, 8 and 5, 9 and 4. And then he got fired after going 6 and 4. They were struggling a little bit. Bo Nix is young uh, and everything else. Then at UCF, now he's 9 and 4. So his time at Auburn, he was 103. 103 games, sorry, he was 68 and 35 um, out of 103 games. So his win percentage was 0.66. He beat Alabama three or four times, I believe. So to me, uh, this just seems like another Gus team. So if we look at this article, you know, Auburn fires Gus after a 68-35 record in eight seasons. He signed a seven-year $49 million two seasons before that. <laughs> he was 68-35 in eight seasons as the coach of the Tigers. He was 39-27 in the SEC. He led Auburn to an SEC championship victory and appearance in the, bowl, in the championship game in his first season. Um, they lost national title 34-31 to Florida State. Auburn won the SEC West in 2017, and he entered um, the SEC Championship game with a college football playoff berth within reach, only to fall to Georgia in that game, and go on to lose to UCF in the Peach Bowl. Malzahn is one of the rare coaches who has seen consistent success against Alabama and Coach Nick Saban. He had a 3-5 and record in the eight Iron Bowl meetings, 48-45 uh, won in 2019. Then, you know, they weren't going to beat Alabama the next time. Um, Auburn had issues with consistency through Malzahn's last five years. 
It hasn't finished higher than sixth in the conference in offensive yards per play over the last six seasons. And the only time it finished higher than sixth in total offense was the SEC West title year of 2017 when they averaged 451.6 yards per game. That's especially concerning since Malzahn's literally wrote a book about the success of hurry-up, no-huddle offense. That trend continued in his final game. With the program on Saturday night, the Tigers gained just 343 yards and a 24-10 road win over Mississippi State. So they fire him over offensive woes. Okay. So offensive woes, and so they're supposed to bring in Coach Harrison, and they're supposed to do great, right? Total points per game this year for Auburn was 27.8. Total points, they scored 362. Okay. So they averaged 27 point yards a game. This seems like a Gus Malzahn type of team. Okay. I'm just saying uh, they averaged 6.9 pass yards. They averaged uh, 4.7 yards on the ground. They averaged 161.2 rushing yards a game. Uh, Net passing yards per game, 240. So let's try to compare that uh, to UCF with Coach Malzahn back there. Colin plays. They averaged 31.9 points a game. They had 415 total points. Uh, net passing yards, 206. Average 196 rushing yards a game. Uh, yards per game, 402. Total yards, 5,232. Sounds to me like they had a better offensive time. Now, again, I understand the scheduling. It just seems very similar to a Gus team. Now, what they're talking about the last five years, here's what happens. When you do good for a little bit, and then it just slightly comes down, it's an immediate, oh, my God, like, it's terrible. I mean, he's winning nine, eight to ten games a year, seven to ten games a year. In the SEC, which is very tough, he found a way to get to the, you know, he did some good things. Now, I've talked about on Coach Sheffer's podcast, so this is why I think he was fired. There was just times where he called plays when they first got there and they did pretty well. Then it got to a point where he wanted to kind of be the CEO, which is great. Head coaches sometimes just want to sit back, be a CEO. And there's just reports of he let a guy call offense and be the first like half of the season. All of a sudden, he wanted to take it back over. And then he'd hire an offensive coordinator, but then they weren't running things the way he thought they he or that he wanted. Uh, didn't mix well with what he wanted, and the other guy wanted, so he would kind of take over. I believe at UCF, he he just went back to what he knew, what he did, and it worked out pretty well. So I think the. I'm going to call plays. No, he's going to call plays. Kind of what we're seeing with like the Bears that you guys hear me talk about all the time. I believe that's kind of what was going on, and they didn't like what they were seeing. So like I said, I I understand it to an extent, even though you're paying him $21 million. If you're going to pay a guy $21 million, you might as well just keep him and say, okay, you know, let's try to win some games. He's beating Nick Saban. Um, he's done some good things. We score points. We have some offense. But also, I think that Gus was feeling pressure from Auburn. What was he hearing? There was the scandal of, I believe it was Coach Steele, calling for his job behind his back. So there was just a lot of things going on that forced us. And that's why I think at UCF, he feels rejuvenated. They did pretty well this year. So that type of thing, 
I kind of, you know, kind of caused things to kind of derail a little bit. Um, but just from what I've heard of, well, let's bring a guy in to fix everything. Well, this season kind of seemed like a Gus Malzahn type of thing, you know, and then you hear about, well, on offense, we're doing going center, we're doing this, we're doing that. Gus did get away from a little bit from what gave them success. You didn't see a whole ton of buck sweep stuff. They kind of went to inside zone, which, yeah, they run inside zone, but they did a lot of wide zone, inside zone stuff. Then at UCF, they kind of got back to, okay, let's do buck sweeps, maybe some pin and pulls. Uh, we're going to run power. We're going to run a little bit of inside zone, but we're going to do things to run the ball. We're still going to go up tempo. We're going to get a lot of fullbacks involved, H-backs involved, RPOs off of that, play actions off of that. Um, recruiting was a big thing for when he was at Auburn, but again, I think he's at a place now where he can kind of rejuvenate and figure out, you know, okay, I did this wrong at Auburn. I'm going to do the right thing at UCF. We're going to go to the Big 12. We're going to try to win. We're going to have this offense put back. And I think sometimes people just look too much of one thing or another. Oh, they're not scoring all these points. It's bad. Oh, they're not getting enough yards. But they're winning. Like I said, they only had 300 some yards on that one, but they won 24 to 10. So they're comparing it to the yards. Like, well, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. I don't know. Should they have fired him? Maybe. But then don't come around and say, well, this guy's going to fix everything in this year one. And then, oh, you know. Now, like I said, there's people out there, that, especially that do podcasts, that came out and said Auburn's going to be six, seven, eight win team. And they were correct. I'm not talking about those type of people. Those type of people understand college football. Those type of people have coached football. They get it. But there are people out there that said Opera was going to be this big team, that Coach Harrison was going to come in and do this. This just seems like another Gus type of thing. And Gus is a great offensive mind, just made some mistakes along the way, so that's why I understand the firing. So I'll leave it up to you of should they have fired him or got rid of him or anything else. Um, but UCF had a great year. Auburn had a normal year for them, I guess, if you look at that. Uh, they won a championship with Cam Newton, and then I don't know if they really have. I mean, I'm sure they have. But again, this again, this isn't Clemson, this isn't Alabama, this isn't Ohio State. So Auburn, I think, should be happy winning seven to ten games a year, especially playing in the SEC. I think that's where you're going to be at. I don't see you winning a national championship yet. Got to see how he recruits. And that was another thing, Gus. The the quarterback now, but see, in his offense, quarterback is huge in any offense, but in his offense, running the ball. It wasn't huge for his quarterback, but then, like I said, as it went on, you saw more two-by-two stuff, three-by-one stuff, empty stuff in this offense because Gus was trying to tweak the offense. Um, God, the quarter, the offense coordinator slipped in my mind that he hired us last year. They tried to combine the offenses, which wasn't working well because you had two different minds. So just things were done, and I think Gus can learn from them. But I'll leave it up to you if they should have let him. To me, this Auburn year – just look like another Gus year. So to me, it's like, well, you could have had this with Gus. Maybe you would have won some more games. Uh, that That's just kind of what I'm getting at is another Gus year you could have won. But eh. but anyway, so that's how we're going to end this podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, again, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, audio version, please follow it. Uh, share it out. Rate it. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um Check out all the other podcasts. Hope everybody's having a good holiday. We're getting closer to the new year. Um, going to try to do something. We're getting we're, we're ticking upwards. We're going to get to 300 episodes here before we know it. Maybe try to do some type of giveaway if somebody wants to. If you guys know anything, please let me know. So, again, check out all the affiliates. Like and subscribe. Uh, rate it. Everything else. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, this is Coach D from the Coach Steve Show podcast. And we are out of here.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.